What's the thing that scares you the most? Confined spaces and uh, blood particles in the air, the dark, that coral thing that's been staring at me since I came in here. Chris, I'm scared to death. Welcome to the Sum of All Fear podcast, the show that examines real-life phobias and the horror movies that prey on them. So pour yourself something strong, Feardos, and let's find out what makes you afraid. I feel like I'm quiet today. You are. I feel you like my voice, my voice is not projecting the way it normally does. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Where's my radio DJ voice? I don't know. Find your late night FM DJ hey, voice. Hey, folks. Ladies and gentlemen. No, more FM. More FM? More not AM? Not AM. More FM? FM. <laughs> You're not talking at all. You barely. I can't even hear you. FM DJ voice. Nobody can hear that. You can hear it. In We're on soul. an iPhone. We don't even have microphones. It's called a microsound. It <laughs> you massages mean like, your brain. You mean like, hey, welcome. Welcome to Love 104.3. Yes, just like that. We're bringing you love songs on the coast. Yes, perfect. Love songs on the oh, coast. Oh, this is my childhood. <laughs> Anybody who grew up in Southern California? Oh. Um, hi, Feardos. Hi, Feardos. Feardos. That's what we're calling you people now. We have, yeah. a, new, we have a new moniker for you, thanks to uh, Heath's uh, trademark copyrighted suggestion that he wants royalties. Feardos. The Feardos. Uh, and I'm a fan of this new moniker. I, I like am it. too. I embrace it fully. Yeah. So, uh, so we're back. Um, we're back again. Uh, we had uh, a lot of fun with our last episode. Oh gosh, chickens. A lot of poultry geist uh, of trauma stuff this week. Trauma, um, trauma. Even even Lloyd Kaufman commented on our Instagram this week. That was a big moment for yeah, you, wasn't the, it? The director himself um, commented on our Instagram, uh, which I was uh, I was excited about. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I've become a, a trauma fan uh, just from the last couple of weeks and, and, the, and the, uh, the craziness that is the fear of chickens. Yeah, diving into the craziness is uh, really exciting. It got us to some weird places. Yeah, yeah. We both need to project more in this episode, I think. We are both really quiet today. I know. We've What's the deal? Been, well, we came back from vacation, I think, and we're kind of just so amped up with trying to get back to work and and that we're just a little bit more withdrawn than usual so we're losing our voices i don't understand what's going on i gotta get my i gotta get my podcast voice going here so um i'm drew um this is my my beautiful wife chris hello and we host this uh this this little podcast called some of all fear uh so if you're new to the podcast uh this is this is us i have a i have a degree in, in medieval and renaissance history uh, religious history, um, and all I have to show for it is this uh, this lousy podcast, <laughs> and all of my affection. Um, and also, I, I really really love uh, horror movies. So that's my that, those are that's my pedigree. You're such a nerd. Now, my beautiful wife here, she is super smart and is a practicing mental health therapist uh, with multiple degrees in brain ninjaing. Yeah, that's the technical term for it too. That's what I that's what I heard. Brain ninja. That's M- what they call you. M J. Brain Ninja MJ. Yeah, that's your. That's the. That's the. Is that what's on the uh, the the wall? Yes. In your office. Yes. I like that. Um, and like I said, this is the Sum of All Fear podcast. We have been growing consistently, which is fun. Uh, we had we hit three hundred downloads this week. Uh, so thank you for listening. 
we're really excited about that. Um, that's 300 more than I thought we'd ever ever get. Right. I thought we would just be talking to ourselves. It's fascinating. So, I, I didn't think anyone would listen. And I think we've, we've got like right now about 60 consistent listeners and it's growing every week. Um, so that's really cool. So if you're following us, um, you can go to our Facebook page. We have a, we have all the social media stuff going. We have a Facebook page, uh, some of all fear podcast. Um, we have a Twitter page going. Uh, so check us out at some of all fear pod P O D. Um, and we are all over the place when it comes to uh, the podcast platforms. We're on Apple iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Breaker, we're on Overcast, we're on Radio Public, uh, and all the uh, all the other uh, podcasting platforms that you can think of. So please subscribe, um, please give us a rating, please leave us some comments. Um, comments are great. We haven't gotten that many, and we would like some more. So if you're listening to us consistently take a few seconds and go and give us a, a quick rating on, on whatever platform you're on and, and leave us a, a little review or a little comment. Um, we would love to hear your feedback. Be one of the first Feardos to help shape the future of this podcast. Yeah, you're groundbreaking. You are, you are setting podcasting trends right now. The, yeah. first, the first phobia brain slash horror podcast of all time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think. Brain. I think. I like how you just call it brain, brain. and not like psychology. Brain. Like she has degrees in brain science. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yes. That's a very brain different ninja-ing. thing. And brain ninja-ing. Brain ninja-ing is a very technical term. Oh. I, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. I'm, I'm almost positive. Um, <laughs> I do not claim this at all. It's totally true. There is no NJ degree. Absolutely. nj nj um, we heard we heard from some great some uh, friends this week about our uh, we did about our podcast. Um, our friends Noel and Sean have been listening and giving us some feedback, and we really appreciate it. Very encouraging feedback. Yes, thank you. Um, our friend Veronica, oh, aka retired roller derby queen, Eat Schmidt, Eat Schmidt. That's my girl. Um, she sent us some messages about about the podcast and, and gave us some some cool feedback as well. I ran into uh, Lacey and Wayne. Oh man, what a fun night you had! A little drunk at the bar a couple nights ago. I was I was a little drunk. They weren't a little drunk. Um, and uh, got some you? great feedback. I ended up at, at back at their apartment because Wayne wanted to show me uh, his amazing horror. Well, he wanted to to give me a microphone uh, so that our podcast could sound better. Which I will say, Wayne, like. Is it, this the adult version of luring a child? It works, maybe. Come back to my Come apartment. Back. And I'll give, I'll you, give, you, I'll give you a microphone. microphone. You can check out my VHS collection. <laughs> maybe. Uh, we tried the microphone, Wayne, and it sounds awesome. I'm getting a second one right now so that in the future... Thank this is, you. This will sound hopefully way better. I'm working on trying to figure out how to... How to uh, Even when we're quiet. Yeah, how to make this better so that we can actually talk into microphones and uh, not just do this on our, on our uh, iPhone. So he, he uh, let me borrow a microphone. Um, I'm going to be putting it to good use soon. I actually recorded some of the clips from this episode on that microphone because mm-hmm. it sounded a lot better as well. Um, so thanks, Wayne. And he's also got a kick-ass VHS horror collection uh, that I'm super envious of. And what he's was got... your favorite one that you saw? Dude, he had like... He had like three copies of like Evil Dead. He had he had. Um, you know I'm a sucker for Evil Dead. I love Bruce Campbell. He had uh, what did he have that was? He had something that where, where it was like he had like one like one original release of one VHS and one that was like a later release. Um, 
you know, Return of the Living Dead. He had he had some he had some super cool shit. Our friends have some really cool collections. They do. Like Metal Chris. Like Metal Chris's collection. Metal Chris is really into um horror scores. Mm-hmm. So he has like a crazy collection of of horror uh records um from it's the score epic. from scores from like almost like every every horror movie that I've run into it seems like he has the score for and he's been sending us some some clips from some of those some audio clips that i yes. i need to start integrating into the shows because there's some really cool stuff that he sent over now that we have a good microphone yeah once we get once we get uh once we actually learn how to do any of this stuff um i'll, I'll start integrating You're doing great integrating some better audio stuff so. i just show up <laughs> yeah right you're the brains behind the operation mm. uh yeah so we just got back from from New Orleans, we didn't we didn't record a podcast in New Orleans, as you're probably well aware by now. We are um, so sorry. We thought about it. The day that we were gonna do it too, Monday, I ended up waking up with a massive migraine and throwing up for three hours and passing out after taking a leave and then waking up and I was fine. I was pretty sure that I was going to have to put her down. I thought vacation was over. I was like, this is how it ends. Yeah. Does my my insurance is definitely not cover out here? Yeah, it's gonna we were, be really expensive. It was out really of a, costs. It was really intense. Like she was, she was my like nonstop was throwing explode. up. It was crazy, and Ugh. we were. But it only lasted like a couple hours, and then you fell asleep, and you woke up, and you felt fine. To all migraine sufferers, oh dear God, be with you. Yeah, that was miserable. And if that's a, if that's a tiny sliver of what you feel, oh my yeah. heart. That was awful. It was brutal. I thought Super I was going to die. You walked in after going to the store, and I was just lying on the cold, like, ground of our Airbnb. Yeah. And you just had, like, every medicine and anything imaginable trying to figure out what was going on. I assumed vacation was over yeah. at that point. I was like, Aww. okay, we're done. <laughs> this, is, this is it. Well, but then we got to enjoy Lafayette, um, thankfully. Kind of yeah. got over that. Yeah, it was great. We went to... Uh, we went to New Orleans first. So we had like a, a, a like a good four days in, in New Orleans, which was a blast. And I got to say though, on our way out there, like our aerophobia episode was, was playing in my head the whole time. And, and while we were waiting to fly to Denver for our connection to New Orleans, like John Denver, the harbinger of death was pounding in my head because, <laughs> and it wouldn't stop playing. I was humming Rocky Mountain High the whole time we were in the airport. Yeah, didn't so, you play it too? No, I did not play it. But Final Destination and 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 John Denver was was going over and over in my head the whole well, time. Well, it we didn't help that our friends posted on our Facebook, you know, like a, yeah, Metal Chris, an exploding plane. Yeah, he posted the night before we left. He posted an exploding plane and 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 referenced our aerophobia episode. What a <sighs> dick! Wow, man, that's such a Chris. boring hole. Such an asshole. Boring hole. Uh, but we did some really cool shit in New Orleans. We had a lot of fun. We did all the things. We ate all the food. We um, went to all of the cemetery, number two. Yeah, um, we did some cemetery stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the Museum of Death. Yeah. Which was awesome. If you haven't been to the Museum of Death, I think I've already mentioned this, but if you live anywhere, if you go to L.A., go to the Museum of Death. If you go to New Orleans, go to the Museum of Death. It's it's pretty badass if you're into morbid, weird shit And like we that. met the guy that owns it. Yeah, the owner. We met the owner, talked to him for a while. Um, really fascinating. Yeah, cool stuff. Um, they had a, a, a Kevorkian's like death machine there. What about that X-ray that you saw? Oh, they had uh, Albert oh. Albert Fish's yes. Albert <gasps> Fish's X-ray where he because Albert Fish liked to put little little like needles like into his urethra, urethra and, like into oh his gosh. into his. Uh, oh, I yeah. don't even have 
one and it's painful. Oh, dude, he did oh. some gnarly stuff. He would stick, he would, yeah. And so they have this x-ray of, of his, oh, like... Really fascinating. Like his pelvis, abdomen. His, yeah, pelvis. And it just had, like, all these little needles sticking into it. So And, it, and if you don't know Albert Fish, he was a serial killer who... Uh, killed a bunch of little kids. He was a, kind of an asshole. So yeah, you can go see that. But you can see that at the New Orleans, New Orleans <laughs> Museum of Death. And we saw that. Some <laughs> things you can't unsee, bro. Yeah, it was it was gnarly, but it was awesome. I love that place. Um, it's very creepy and very cool. Um, so check it out. Uh, the Apothecary Museum was also very cool. That was rad. Um, which I thought was it was like all these old like medicine. It was going through like the history of pharmacology and like mm-hmm. medicine and and had all the old like had a call and. You know all the ways they used to treat you know diseases, any number of disorders, including or like maladies. How, like how to take heroin to like make you feel better and and, and cocaine. Feel anything? Take heroin. Yeah. So you know that kind of stuff was cool. And the Voodoo Museum was cool. The uh, yeah, that one was cool. Um, you know they had a lot of the creepy uh, voodoo dolls and the and creepiest part of, of that museum was the very skinny hallways and lots of people. Skinny hallways <laughs> and the fact that they hadn't cleaned it in like thirty years. That was for the authentic voodoo look. Yeah, it definitely had like uh, cobwebs and dust like from every corner, um, but uh, but I enjoyed it. And they had stuff everywhere. People had left stuff as tribute um, everywhere, and you would be so tempted to take something, except for I like have this strong belief that anybody that did take anything would have some sort of bad juju following them. Yeah, like they it left just, cash. Like, no, no, no one touch it. Just don't stay away from it. Yeah, I think it'd be a very bad idea to take something off of the voodoo altar oh. at, the, at the voodoo museum. No, oh, but I could see someone doing That it. shit would be following you home. Oh. No doubt about it. Um but I had a lot of fun, and we did we did uh, we did go cruise around the the old the old cemeteries, which is relating to our to our topic today. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we took are, some fun boomerangs. We did. Um, we had. Uh, we're doing a special. We're still doing since we didn't record in New Orleans. We're still doing a special episode because we had already started thinking about it. We had already started doing some research on it. So we're going to do coimetrophobia uh, today, which is the the fear of cemeteries uh, because of our. New Orleans themed experience. So that's that's what we're going to talk about uh, in our phobia later on. Um, and we got to experience some of that creepy ass uh, cemetery shit firsthand. Oh, it was so beautiful, though. It was such a beautiful day and it was so quiet. We didn't see but what one other person besides our group. Oh, in the cemetery? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was just us and our, so, and our friends, uh, our friends, Michelle and Dave, who came with know. us. Uh, we went on a trip. We, we went on the trip with them and and uh, spent the first four days uh, with them, and then, then well, we split up. But Wasn't that when we walked across the street and we saw that gentleman lying on the floor from the homeless camp? Yeah. And then the the cops came, and then the fire departments came, and then there was like 10 yeah, trucks with flashing lights, yeah. and we're not sure what happened. Dave was like, that dude's dead. <laughs> we're like, great, walking around the cemetery. Oh, man. It was not in the greatest neighborhood, but... Um, we had a great time exploring. And then we went to Lafayette, uh, Louisiana, which is where you went to school. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a raging Cajun uh, at the University of Lafayette. And we stayed in a house that was built in, what, 1901? I believe so. Something like that, 1905, 1901, something like that. And the guy who owned it, um, it was kind of a, it's kind of an, it's an Airbnb, but it's it's kind of, a, it's an old house. The Duchess. Uh, called The Duchess, yeah. So check it out in Lafayette. It's very cool um, if you're into like kind of, kind of strange little weird places, you know. To stay. To stay. Yeah. Um, old clawfoot tub in the room. <laughs> a lot of weird, creepy art. Um, but no, the guy but the God. guy who owned it uh, is this, was this cool tattooed up 
dude who just decided to buy, probably about our age, and decided to buy a buy an Airbnb. He'd done he had done this kind of thing before. Well, he bought a mansion and then he converted it into five apartments and then made it into an Airbnb because his parents had owned a bed and breakfast and he had been in the restaurant industry for a long time and was also a musician. Yeah. So the musician he, part was was really cool. That was the greatest. He served us tea juleps, which um was basically just sweet tea vodka, which gave Drew nightmares of that one time with sweet tea vodka. Oh yeah, I had a I had a bad experience <laughs> with sweet tea vodka, but it was it was like a yeah, it was like a sweet kind of a sweet tea vodka or ish sweet tea something. I don't know. It was it was it was good. It definitely gave me some flashbacks. But then he played, he played basically the history of Cajun music uh, for us and gave us a whole rundown on the history of like Zydeco and Cajun music, starting with like Irish music. Yeah. And the dude had like a kick-ass voice, um, played like six different instruments, had like a little stage. Yeah. Dude, he was, he was awesome. Um, it was a really, really cool experience. So if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely check out the Duchess in, uh, in Lafayette, Louisiana, if you're driving through, um, for sure. Yeah. There's like five things to check out in Lafayette. (laughs) There's like the university, um, the uh, the Lark um, Acadian Village that we went to. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was a history of, like, the Cajun people. Because Lafayette, like, if you don't know, like, New Orleans is kind of Creole country, right? Mm-hmm. Down south? More Creole. Creole. And Creoles and Creole and Cajun is, is different. And so the, the Cajuns are more up in, in Lafayette. And, and they uh, they have a really interesting Creole's culture. Creole's more Haitian. Cajun's more French. French-Canadian, right? They came yeah. down from France. Well, and... they got kicked out of Nova Scotia ah. after they got kicked out of France. <laughs> So really interesting history. Like I, I was really fascinated by it all. And and the Cajun, um, what was it? The um, uh, what was the other thing we did? Um, oh, just just slipped my mind. What was it? Um, Cajun Village. No. no. Oh, Avery Island. Avery Island. Yeah. So where Tabasco's made. Um, that was fun. We went and did the the tour of the Tabasco factory, which is on this this island in a big old swamp area. We got to taste so many kinds of Tabasco, including Tabasco ice cream. Yeah, super good. That was fun. Uh, saw lots of alligators. And that island is beautiful. It was it was pretty badass. I enjoyed that whole that whole tour was was really cool. I enjoyed that. It was a lot. kind of a self-led tour too, so we got to stop and we were within feet of a lot of alligators. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was rad. And it was a nice Which day. Which you have to do when you're in Louisiana, right? You do. I mean, that's like that's like the thing. I mean, my campus has alligators. And we on also it. we also drank a lot. We did a lot of drinking in New Orleans. We did a lot of partying. We we partied in the seven building that was built in 1716. That was that was super cool. And we yeah. did a lot of uh we ate like a ton of incredible food and we had I don't Ugh, know. It was a lot of oysters and just everything. But now So we're... many oysters. We're Moister back. than an oyster. Yeah, we're back, and we finally have had regular bowel movements. <laughs> and... you, get, you get really bad travel ass, don't you? I do. I call travel it vacation ass. bum. Yeah, you get you call vacation it travel ass. <laughs> Gosh, you're so vulgar. Yeah, vacation ass is what no. it's called. No, I don't get that. I have no problem. I do. <laughs> oh man, but so, we're so happy now that to, we've, we are happy to be home. So now that we've talked about your regular bowel movements, just in case everyone was wondering, I'm sure they were. Uh, do you have a game show or our our favorite game show ready for us? I'm ready. Are, are you, you ready? ready? Now it's time for everybody's favorite phobia based trivia game. What the fear? You 
say it now. What the fear? There you go. Okay, you have to say it like that. That's right, feardos. It's time for Chris to prove just what a giant stupid jackass I really am. Yahoo! Wait a minute, what? Yeah. You changed that up. Yeah, well, you know. Oh, that's not nice. I don't, don't self-deprecate and then make me agree with you. Giant stupid jackass. <laughs> yeah, you married Just me. Ad-lib what's that, that make? What's that make you? Um, a giant stupid jackass lover. That's true. That's what it makes you. Jackass lover. <laughs> I don't think that's a song. No, I just made it one. Are you ready, oh, jackass? Love? I'm ready. Let's play What's the Fear? Are you ready, my jackass? Are you ready for some What's the Fear? Did you even say What's the Fear this time? What the fear? Yeah, I mean, I know you said it in the... in the, What the what the fear? In the fun clip we put in, but... I know. I can never quite say it that good. That's why you made it the clip. All right. Okay, are you what ready? What do we got for me? Okay, your first one is... Omphalophobia. Spell it for me. O-M-P-H-A-L-O... Phobia. Omphalophobia. O-M-P-H-A. Uh-huh. Omphalophobia. Omphalophobia. Mm, the fear of giant penises. Why in the world did you go there? I don't know, because om is like everywhere, like omni or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then phal is like phallic. <laughs> The word "fall" in anything throws you off every time because you immediately, immediately go think phallic. phallic. Well, well I, but I don't it's know. wrong. I don't know. Well, I don't know. It might be kind of right, I guess, but um, it's the fear of belly buttons. Well, that's close to the penis. It's, I mean, it's closer to the penis than other areas than, of the than, body. Yeah, than like the nose. But you'll be surprised. This submission was a fan submission. Metal Chris. Oh yeah. Has omphalophobia. He has a fear of belly buttons. Yeah, no one is allowed to touch his belly button. He doesn't like them. Um, Does he not like to see them? No, or? he doesn't like to see them or like even think about touching them. Um, and he shares this same fear with Khloe Kardashian, who <laughs> specifically <laughs> had this fear during pregnancy. Um, however, hers was a form of omphalophobia that included um, a fear of her belly coming undone during pregnancy oh, that's at creepy. the belly button. Ugh. So little different. So Metal Chris and 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 Chloe uh, Kardashian. Kardashian. They are mm-hmm. just two peas in a pod. Two peas in an omphalopod. You guys, you guys, we talked about Metal Chris a lot. We we kind of need to give a little a little picture of Metal Chris. Like Metal Chris is 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 like all he's all tatted up. Um, and he's got, and he's just, and he's, he's like officer arms, right? I mean, he's got like the, he's got big old, big old muscles. Um, so he's a he big, he's a big dude. like a Brit. Brick shit house. Yeah. He's, he's a big dude. He's a, he's, he's a, you know, he's. He's very imposing, but he is the kindest, most fun to talk to. Yeah. Like, he's a teddy bear. So smart. He's a teddy bear that can kick your ass. He's a teddy bear that would totally kick your ass. But if, if he needed to, man, we love them. Yeah. Him and his wife Janelle. So him and Khloe Kardashian uh, both have fear of belly buttons. Yeah, yeah, mm. they're they're too. So I, I know now. that I won't I won't stick my finger in, in his belly button next time. No, I, I see don't him. do that. Or will I? Oh no, you're the worst. <laughs> now that I to know. Stuff to. No, now this is podcast history, so you cannot do that. You have sworn. All right. See. All right. Fair enough. See. All right. What's fair. the next one? Oh, for one. You can't. Not let people be vulnerable with us. Okay. Okay. Are you ready again? Deal. I'm ready. Okay. Number two. Number two. Bathmophobia. 
bath, B-A-T-H. Uh-huh. Bath-ma-mo-phobia. Bath-mo-phobia. 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 Uh, bath-mo-phobia. Uh, the fear of falling into a river. No. No. Wrong. Anything to do with water at all? No. Falling, maybe. Um, it's a fear of stairs or inclines. Um, yeah, right? So more specifically, that fear of um, ascending and not uh, missing a step and falling. Um, supposedly, Trump is a fear of Really? Trump stairs. has this? Yeah, apparently Trump has a fear of stairs. So, so when he's... When it was he's, alleged. So when he's going up and down on Air Force One, there's, there's a lot of fear involved there. Allegedly. So I don't know how much uh, credence that holds, but I did find a case that I found heartwarming of a man who had bathmophobia for 40 years who finally overcame it through a lot of therapy and um, through doing the things that we talk about on here, CBT. Um, so was this like any, Was this, could this be even like, like minor inclines? Minor like inclines. Going up like little tiny steps or, um, or just a few steps? Yeah, anything that... You could imagine throwing your body off, body off a like kilter on, so huh. a curb, um, getting into the bathtub if it had a high, you know, lip on it. Crazy. Yeah. That would be very debilitating. Yeah, it would be, and it it was legitimized because the, he had a debil he had a disability. Excuse me, um, that caused uh, his bones to easily break. And so he had this fear of knocking into something or um, missing a step that would result in his femur snapping in half, you know? Wow. So very legitimate fear um, backed by some stuff that he just can't help. Um, but it was really affecting his quality of life. And so he learned um, and went through therapy and also did physical therapy and anything that he could um, after 40 years, he can say that he's genuinely not Over phobic it, huh? level um with regards to that anymore all right oh for two i know i'm sad typical i know you just you just hate me i'm, I'm gonna have to come up with a with a trivia game that's related to horror movies and so do, that i and, can and, epically and, fail at and, it and, and and do the same thing with you especially related to like names of actors oh and dates and dates like yeah, when was this like movie come out yeah when like, did this come uh, out 80 directors no clue. <laughs> All right, number three. Pogonophobia. Pogonophobia. Okay. P-O-G-O-N-O phobia. Pogonophobia. P-O-G? P-O-G? P-O-G. P-O-G. O-N-O. Pogonophobia. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, that's the fear of slammers. Pogs. <laughs> You're such a '90s kid. Pogs. The fear of the fear of 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 somebody else stealing your slammer in Pogs. I'm pretty certain slammers that's what it were. is. I'm I'm I had that phobia when I was a kid. Slammers so. were so important. They were. Um, no, it's the fear of beards. Oh man! You should be aware of this. That's sad. I know it's very sad. Who would be afraid of beards? I. There are accounts that folks are um, more afraid of politicians inherently 
who have beards, which is why um, all politicians in office since the 1800s haven't had a beard. Pretty much don't have beards? Yeah. They, it implies something is untrustworthy because they're hiding hidden. their face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't, I don't feel that. Like, I feel like when I see somebody with a beard, I feel like they're like, they're jolly and they're happy. <laughs> so beard is jolly and happy like to you. Like Santa Claus, right? I mean, right. that's. But that's that, white beard. That's more like your beard's getting. That fucker's like the, the most jolly, happy dude that we're supposed to be letting down our chimney every Christmas. Yeah, I mean, but then we find out he's a fucking... He's what? Nothing. <laughs> children might listen. Oh, like Christmas Evil. I watched all those good uh, those good Christmas... Uh, the Santa, Santa goes nuts. Santa's sleigh. Yeah. So that's it, right? That's my, my other failure. My third failure. That's your third strike. Now you're finally out. It wasn't the fear of pogs. No, it wasn't the fear of pogs. I feel like there's just a learned helplessness about you now where you've just kind of rolling over. I'm kind of given up. And given up. A little bit. Yeah. It's like, I'm not even trying anymore. You're not. Where's your just spirit? Like, my spirit's been, been sapped from oh, me. Oh, what can I do to help? I, I don't know. I just, I think that, you know, I'm just coming to grips with the fact that, that, uh, that, I'm just I'm just very ignorant of of a lot of things. Of phobias? Well, obscure phobias that I scour the internet for for hours. Oh, uh, uh yeah, our friend Lacey had a uh we had a conversation about her trip tripo tryptophobia? Tryptophobia? Trip tripophobia. Tripophobia? Tripnophobia. Tripophobia? I don't know. The fear, the fear of, holes. of holes. The little the little holes. The boring And holes. we started talking about how American Horror Story, we just started watching the cult season, oh, which is what, man. eight? Seven? Six. Seven, I think. Seven. 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 Think, yeah. think it's seven? Maybe. Um, and that is a big phobia that's mentioned. There's a lot of phobias mentioned in that season. So many. It's a really good season if you're into this kind of shit. There's so many. The clown phobia great is a big one. About fear and yeah. utilizing fear. But that one in particular, that 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 whole one, the boring holes. Oh, the boring hole. The boring fear. hole fear. Hashtag boring holes. <laughs> hashtag boring Send us holes. your hashtag boring holes, by the way, because we've we've been uh, we've we've talked about Margaret Thatcher on Twitter as being a boring hole. Uh, we talked about. Um, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, uh, Nirvana Garbage. wife, whole chick. Um, what the hell is her name? Damn it. Uh, Kurt Cobain's wife. <laughs> I cannot think of her name for some reason. You're asking me. <laughs> She's a, name? a boring hole. She <laughs> She's hash- so boring. We can't remember. She got a hashtag boring hole. I'm going to think of it in a minute. It's going to drive me crazy. Um, uh, damn it. It's going to drive me nuts. Um, so yeah, we've had some, some pictures sent of boring holes, uh, and hashtag boring hole. So on Twitter, send us your hashtag boring holes and Lacey, uh, stay away from our Twitter cause it might freak you out. Um, <laughs> cause she is not like, uh, the, uh, the holes. No. What was interesting about that American horror story was like the clown mask. She had a fear of clowns and a fear of the holes. So the clown mask that somebody was wearing had the, had the little tiny holes, it. the little spore like holes in it too. Oh, it was so good. It's creepy as shit. Um, but with that, we finished up our, our, uh, our trivia. Let's talk about our phobia. Let's do it. Our phobia for this week is coimetrophobia. Coimetrophobia. That's 
but it's only based on you see what the symmetry gets. Teeth and gates that are on your side. I dread it's sunny day, so I'll meet you with the cemetery gates. Jeeps and gates are on your side. Wow. And coimetrophobia is the, uh, if, if you want to meet us at the cemetery gates. Um, Sing it. Like the song. Sing it. Um, well, they already heard it. Um, I don't need to sing it again. I wanted you to sing it. It's a sunny day, so yes. I'll meet you at the cemetery gates. Yes. Not so good. Um, I do like some Morrissey, though. I do like the Smiths. I'm a fan. Um, which, you know, whatever. That doesn't make me less manly. No. Not at all. Boys cry sometimes, too. You like way less manly things than the um, Smiths. <laughs> so, our phobia for this week is coimetrophobia, uh, which is the abnormal and persistent fear of cemeteries. Cemeteries. Yeah. Our fear for today is coimetrophobia, the abnormal and persistent fear of cemeteries. Oh, I like you trying on voices. Do it again. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, do you want to know the etymology of it? Yeah. It's from the Greek koimeterion, mm. uh, which means sleeping room. Sleeping room? Or burial place. Forever sleeping room. Graveyard or final resting place. Hmm. That's, our, uh, that's our etymology. Tell us a little bit about this, uh, this, this fear. Well, you can imagine it comes closely paired with two or three other fears. One being necrophobia, which is the fear of dead bodies, right? Not to be confused with necrophilia. No, not necrophilia. Which is the banging of dead bodies. Oh, which is the... the which, oh, man. Yeah. You said it. Not me. <laughs> um, which check your morticians, people. If you're hiring a mortician, make sure they're not a necrophiliac because yeah. it's very common... Very common. And they're less common to be a necrophobic. No, they like they like the they dead like bodies. the dead bodies. Yeah, they're a fan. Too much sometimes. Um, another fear, uh, placophobia, which is the fear of tombstones specifically, and then tefeophobia, which is the fear of being buried alive. Which Stop it. Has historical roots, right? We were just talking about its historical roots and how they used to take precautions um, in their cemeteries by installing bells when they would bury the dead in case someone woke up, they could ring the bell and they could help them out. Well, which makes sense a little bit because, you know, back before they knew when somebody was in a coma versus mm -hmm. when they were dead or if they couldn't tell they were if they were completely dead or, you know, people were revived, especially people who were frozen... People might actually come back to life in the grave. They didn't know what was going to happen or what could happen. That sounds creepy as shit. Um, so, I mean, I know we're a lot more educated nowadays, but that also puts us at a lot more distance away from death and dying. You know, cemeteries are not as integrated into everyday living as they normally would have been. Cemeteries were often located outside of churches, so you at least frequented a cemetery uh, once a week to attend church in many parts of the United States. So it wasn't as scary because you were you you frequently were there. You, you were, were there. You were in and people died earlier, and there was a lot more death in general so in much. the old days. So you people, had to face it right. so much. You it faced was just it more. One of those things that was part of life, and so as society has advanced and medicine has advanced, we've kind of gotten that distance away from it. So it's a little more. Uh, intimidating now. Um, it's a little more mysterious. And then we've got movies and pop culture that just infiltrate us with scenes of 
horror um, and you know ideas about never going into a cemetery alone and how they're unsafe places you know all of that was just bred in in culture um, you know not in what am I trying to say yeah, it's 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 something that's a cultural phenomenon. The 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 fact that cemeteries are haunted and that they're yes. they're evil places and all that kind of stuff. Something that's developed over time, as opposed to, um, you know, in 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 the past, cemeteries were much more common. Every town had a little right had a, had a little cemetery. Like it, it was less foreign. That was the yeah word. less foreign. Less foreign. Oh if my you gosh. go across the south, right? I mean, like I I spent a lot of time in Tennessee and and across a lot of the southern states, there is literally a cemetery. In every, town. every other block. I mean, not just in every town. It's like there's some towns that have five, six, seven cemeteries. You know, there every church has one in the back. You're passing one all the time. You're constantly, you know, in front of it. So it's probably a less scary thing than like out west. We have very few cemeteries. We do. You know, growing up They're in Southern California. Young. Yeah, yeah, we don't have much. More cremation, less less burial. It's expensive to, to bury people. Mm-hmm. So we don't see them as much out here. But you go back, and then again, if you go back to Europe, there's a shit ton of cemeteries everywhere over in Europe as well because, you know. We were just watching that thing on YouTube about the cemetery that just kept burying, like putting more soil down and burying on top of other burial plots, Oh, right? yeah. That was in uh, Poland. I think it was in, was in Poland? No, it was in... Um, Prague? Prague. Yeah, Prague. it was in Prague. And they buried... It, it's got 12 layers of people buried because it was, it was a... Was it a Jewish cemetery? Yes, I believe so. And they would keep burying... So they buried, they buried one layer and then they buried the next layer on top of them and then on top of them. But they, they just, just kept adding tombstones on top of each of them. So the whole place is... It looks like when you like Google Maps uh, food takeout services around you, and like the Google Maps just puts up a bunch yeah, all they're, in they're one everywhere. area. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, that, that's that's crazy. I don't like so, that. I don't like that at all. So yeah, I mean, it it means something different to us nowadays. But there's always been you know legends or superstitions or beliefs surrounding cemeteries um, for as long as we can go back in time, you know, there was, um, ancient Chinese manuscripts about making sure that the, the dead were always buried with the head of the tombstone at the West and the feet at the East, uh, so that they can see a new sunrise every day Hmm. in the afterlife. Um, Where'd you go? Sorry. I went I went to reading. Um, <laughs> you so can't yeah. just stop. Radio silence is a thing. I know. So you yeah. gotta keep talking. Different different <laughs> burial practices um, in different cultures um, and different beliefs and different one, superstitions. Have you seen the ones where they bury the, the, the people like literally into the mountains? Yes. Like right into the oh, like, hills? It's fascinating. Isn't that a trip? Yeah. And there's so much um, belief to do with how something is buried or how, how someone is buried affects their lineage, affects um, how they tran- transition or travel to the afterlife, you know, all of that stuff. Well, you hear a lot about like, so, so my background in theology, we talked, there's a lot about burial because... There is a there's a school of thought within within Christian within Christianity. You hear talk about giving them a Christian burial. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, the reason the reason why uh, the Christian burial thing was such a big deal is because in the Book of Revelation and in other parts of of the the New Testament, there's 
there's a, there's a lot of talk about, about a bodily resurrection. So your somewhat uneducated Christians assumed that, well, if there's going to be a bodily resurrection of, of you after you die, then they must be using your rotted out corpse, corpse. In, in the ground. So if, if that's desecrated or if it's burned or if it's not put in the ground properly, then you're not going to come you're back. You're not going to come back. You're not coming back in yeah. the resurrection, um, which is silly if you, I mean, if you really think about the, the spiritual implications of that, but... But that's what they thought. So a bodily burial was very important. You couldn't be be, you know, desecrated in any way. You had to be buried in a you know in in a in a grave. There's a large uh, belief that you can tell what kind of person the person was by what's growing on the grave. Um, so if uh, flowers and you know greenery is growing over the grave, then they were more than likely a virtuous person. <laughs> um, but if it was weeds. And, um, you know, like mud, then they were more than likely evil. Huh. Um, so what do you say about those uh, people in, in uh, the cemeteries in New Orleans where all their, all their, their, uh, their tombs. So in New Orleans, obviously you've seen probably pictures of these, but they're all above ground mm -hmm. and they're above ground because of why? The water table is so low there. New Orleans is a bowl. And so basically you're sitting below sea level and if you planted them below sea level because of the rates of erosion in a bowl um, the bodies basically the bodies would just basically start floating in the soil up to the surface anyways so they buried them in tombs above the surface and a lot of those got you know, desecrated recently by uh, some of the vandals. Uh, the, and... Well, not vandals. Oh, uh, by the storm the surge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's some growth in some. Like, what about those? We saw palm, palm trees. trees coming out the top. Yeah. So that's, that's what I was saying with your with super your, virtuous person. With the yeah, is is it? I mean, it, I, I don't know. What's 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 the uh, what's the rule of of you know palm trees? There was there was all kinds of plants growing out of the tops of those those tombs, which. I thought was really interesting and it makes sense because there's there's soil within that tomb so they're just sprouting up through the top which yep. is really crazy um well and, and what about the uh, the architecture like what happens when the angels got its head halfway you know broken off and stuff does that mean you're a bad person i don't know if the it angel's just, face is broken in half it makes for super creepy or the cross photos, is cut though. In half. yeah oh <laughs> we man. have some great photos i know i posted some on on uh, twitter and Instagram already, but we'll post we'll post some more. But yeah, if you you know if you're anything like us, you might have some mild superstitions surrounding cemeteries. You know, like we were talking about holding your breath every time you pass yeah. the cemetery. Yeah, my uncle Kenneth was very very like taught us that when we were a kid when we were kids that you hold your breath as you go by a cemetery. And there are some cemeteries where that is really <laughs> fucking difficult. Do you think he did that just to keep all the kids in the car quiet? quiet? Probably. Especially <laughs> Genius driving, especially level driving hack. across the South where, oh, where you're, passing them, you're passing them every 10 seconds. Ken so. is a genius. <laughs> Uh, there's also another um, rule that you never um, count the cars in a procession or yours will be the next one to drive by. Ooh. Um, you never like point one. in a cemetery. A whistling in a cemetery will summon the devil. Um, if there's thunder following a burial, then that means the dead have reached heaven. And... 
Yeah. What else you got? Um, oh, there's some uh, great Manx folklore from the British Isles that tells of how to avoid a bugar attack, um, which is this big headless horseman, well, sort of thing. Um, he could remove his head and like throw it at you. And he could chase you down, but he could not enter into, into the churchyard. Hmm. Um, and so that was the place that you could seek refuge. And he would get so angry that you would seek refuge there that he would rip his head off and throw it at you. Hmm. Um, there are some other frequenters of cemeteries like cats. We see cats associated with cemeteries a lot, right? Um, at Greyfriars Churchyard in Edinburgh, Scotland. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I'm sorry. Sorry. That was really rude of me to correct you. I haven't been what there. A, what a douchey move. It's okay. No, I didn't say it right. You were correct. Um, anyways, uh, legend has it that a 19th century Sky Terrier, a dog named Bobby, haunts the grave of his master. He waited 14 years after his master died, and he still haunts the grave waiting for him to come back to this day. Well, we're going to talk a, a little bit about dogs and cemeteries. Oh, I know, uh, right? Uh, At least a scene. So One of my yeah. favorite scenes. Um, folks that experience coimetrophobia, you know, have all of the anxiety and panic symptoms. They try to avoid cemeteries. They don't like scenes with cemeteries in them. It makes them incredibly uncomfortable to the point where they're having panic attack symptoms um and in general it affects the way that they live their everyday lives you mm. know they may have to move out of an area um that has a lot that of has a lot of cemeteries because they just have such a visceral reaction to seeing them well i i gotta say like cemeteries are pretty creepy they are do you do you get creeped out when you go into a cemetery I do and I don't. I find them very peaceful. I find them really fascinating. Do you think? Do you think the um, there? There's a lot of fascination. I, I think, particularly with like weirdos and feardos. 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 Um, like us that we that people kind of are drawn to those things too. Like they're drawn to to. I've always found them fascinating because. I, I, I've always found death fascinating. I found, you know, what it, what happens after death? What what goes on, you know, this whole process of burying somebody is a very strange thing. Um, and well, I've, it's not about the dead. It's you, about the living. Have you ever been to a, an actual funeral at a graveyard? Yes. I've only been to like a few in my life. Um, not very many, you know, and every time I go, I'm like, this is a weird process. <laughs> it's not about it's not about the dead. It's about the living. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, and about honoring and all that kind of stuff too. But right, but very. It's a very odd process. But if you think about it, cemeteries are full of dead skeletons, right? Hmm. Well, so are the dark recesses of our minds full of skeletons. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Reaching. Hey. Whatever. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think there has to be something there about being scared or intimidated to question your own mortality. Yeah, it's, confr to ask, it's confronting mortality. And to sure. ask what happens after, though. Yeah. What do I believe happens after? Because what I believe now is what I believe happens after. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that curiosity because death is, is such an unknown. And I think that's, we talked about that, you know, even back in the first episode of the, of the podcast, right? We, you know, darkness and death and fear of, you know, so many of our fears really come back to, to that, 
that eternity, right? That like that fear, the, of, that fear of the final after, thing, you know, the, the final, final frontier. Yeah. Um, and and what other than a cemetery helps you confront that final frontier? Yeah. There's just appropriate bodies everywhere. Yeah. Putting somebody in the ground is a very it's a very uh, it's, it's an experience where you go, oh, this is gonna be me someday. You know, yeah. I'm gonna experience this at some point, and this is a very a very visceral, scary concept. If, you know, if 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 your and I can if see your why world, that... if your worldview doesn't doesn't include a peaceful ending of some kind, it's a it can be a terror. It's it's terrifying. I can also see though why people would be uncomfortable with cemeteries, much like they're uncomfortable with going into hospitals. Yeah, like you never want to go to one unless you really have to. Yeah, right, or you work there. Like, nobody is really super excited to go to the hospital usually, unless, you know, a couple reasons. Well, I remember but. nursing homes when I was a kid. I remember going into my first nursing home, at, yeah. you, know, you know, visiting as a, you know, in school, you'd go visit and they'd do a performance or whatever. And I remember walking down the hallways and being like, damn, it's really scary to be right on the doorstep of death. Yeah. You know, especially if you're in a place like that, you know, very, very scary. And so a cemetery brings that all yeah. You know, to that conclusion. You've got where, the dead bodies. Yeah. You've got the fear of death. You've got the fear of being buried alive. But you've how got awesome, all that anxiety. How awesome is the... I love them because I love the history. I love the, like, gothicness of it. I love the... The the whole scene of a cemetery is very... There is something very peaceful about it. Like you said, there's something very peaceful and very... So it's it's kind of a weird catch-22. I don't know why it's got I that find it creepy, peaceful, though. Because, creepy peacefulness. No, I don't know why I find it creepy... It, now you got me all twisted. I don't know why I find it peaceful because, like, I haven't dealt with my own mortality a smidgen. So. Well, maybe a smidgen. No, not even a smidgen. So, you know, that's a terrifying thing to me. Um, but yet when I get into a cemetery, something else just kind of takes over. And, and I just wander around and kind of think about who these people might have been and what their life story might have mm-hmm. been. We um, have a great cemetery near us uh, that we, we've frequented a few times because we live near Virginia City, which is a, oh, which is a, which is a great old, like, old West stock. town. It was At one point, it was the richest city in the world, right? Yeah. More millionaires uh, in, in Virginia City back in the 1800s, late 1800s, than anywhere in the world. Um, and they were a cool ass old wild west town. Mark Twain lived there. He was the editor of the paper and all that stuff. But they have the they have a cemetery there that's all sectioned off into into different like nationalities and like the horrors were buried over here. You know, the <laughs> Japanese servants were buried over here, and it's a really crazy cemetery. And it's it's old as shit, and it's big. Mm-hmm. It's it's really big it's and really very creepy. Fun. Very um, creepy, but. I got drunk there at night once. Oh, yeah. see, passed out and like didn't pass out, but I was like, I was like drinking, drinking straight from a bottle of like I way might, back about ten years ago. I might feel different if we visited at night. I think there's just something unnerving about not being able to see what's in the dark, and that's more of a dark thing than mm-hmm. I think a cemetery thing for sure. Um, but it might be a little bit of both. But I can see how folks would just have an inherent dislike for being in a cemetery in general and have a disease 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 associated with it so does it surprise you that uh cemeteries are main settings for uh for horror movies 
No, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, there's such a supernatural element to it, um, already kind of built into it with the spirituality. Um, then there's, you know, something kind of unnerving about being around a bunch of dead bodies. Well, we got ghosts. We got fucking zombies. Yeah. We got, we got uh, you know, we got all kinds of things. You never go there at night. You got superstitions. Yeah. You got witches can't, you know, can't touch down on the cemetery. You really right? want to talk Hocus Pocus, don't you? I do. You really do. I like Hocus Pocus. I don't have it listed, but I know it's going to be there somewhere. I do like Hocus Pocus. It's here. <laughs> it's here now. Well, let's, uh, let's transition from our phobia into uh into our movies well you used to really be scared here johnny you're still afraid stop it now i mean it they're coming to get you barbara stop it you're ignorant they're coming for you barbara stop it you're acting like a child they're coming for you Look, there comes one of them now. He'll hear you. Here he comes now. I'm getting out of here. Johnny. So cemeteries and horror movies go together like fucking peas and carrots. <laughs> like butter and grits. Like peas and carrots they do, like biscuits and gravy. Like tornadoes and hurricanes. <laughs> they go together really well, because fucking horror movies, there are cemetery scenes in like just a bazillion horror, horror movies. movies. prey on the fact that cemeteries are naturally creepy places for a lot of folk. I mean... Especially Zo- zombies, at night. yeah, zombies and everything. Something uh, you know. dead is gonna come alive. Ah! My first thought of of cemeteries and horror movies was Night of the Living Dead and zombies just wandering through, like you know, coming out of the graves and walking through the graveyard. Um, that's a pretty iconic scene. I had to think of like I, before I got into like actual movies that were centered around cemeteries. I had to think of like I was thinking of like scenes, like best horror movie scenes. Like you brought up Hocus Pocus, so that was like yours. That that's was yours. mine. That was your cutesy little, your cutesy little horror Shut movie. And that's a great movie. It's Hocus a Pocus awesome is great. Awesome movie. And and Mick Garris, we love you, and we love we love that you that you worked on on Hocus Pocus. It's such a it's such a cool movie. We introduced it to our boys really for the first time this this year, and um, they had a blast with it. Yeah. And and those witches did not timeless like, did not like that that graveyard uh, one bit. Um, and a lot of that movie, you know, there was a, a graveyard that was very central. To that right, movie. and there was a lot of there was a dead Billy. Dead Billy, Billy. was was cruising around in zombie zombie Billy. Um, but I had to think of like some some of my favorite scenes from from graveyards. Uh, one of my top, probably my top three movies of all time, The Omen. Uh, which I just fucking love that movie so much. Um, What's your ass- top two and one? I I don't know. <laughs> I feel the Exor- like the Exorcist is in there. Um, the Omen's in there. Uh, Rosemary's Baby has are been my, all... was, was my number one for a long time. Um, are they all what? Are they all uh, like like possession? Yeah, and, like spiritual type ones. Yeah. yeah, I think those have always been my favorites. Those have always huh. been my tops. So, what is it about um, something taking over? I don't that know. That's a you? different podcast. We can't dig into that right now. <laughs> I have way too many fucking scenes to cover right now. <laughs> We cannot do this. We're already 50 minutes into this podcast. Okay. okay. 
Um, I will not sidetrack. Don't sidetrack me. I will not tangent. I will not Because I will go off on my top ten movies of all time. You will go off? Go off. Oh. Will you step up? I will step up. To the streets? To the streets. (laughs) Uh, But The Omen's got got a great cemetery scene. But you can't make it... I couldn't make the feature presentation because it's it's just one scene. It's a scene, yeah. But Gregory Peck in in the graveyard when the Rottweilers, the demon fucking dogs, are coming down on him, and he's looking through the grave trying to find his dead baby and all the crazy shit that's going on. That's a badass scene, like a super cool cemetery scene. So that's that's one, okay. Uh, and I'm gonna go the opposite end of the cinematic experience to. <laughs> To Friday the 13th, part six. Jeez. <laughs> part six. That's deep. Jason Lives, which is also a great cemetery scene uh, for all horror fans. When Jason comes back to life after lightning strikes. What? Yeah, lightning strikes. Jason, you know, the, the guys have, have, you know, dug up his grave and lightning strikes and then Jason comes back. Because you got to have ways to bring back. Hell yeah. you got to have ways to bring back your slasher. Um, so that's a great one. Uh, Return of the Living Dead, which I wanted really badly to make one of my top movies for this this deal, and it just got beat out barely. But Linnea Quigley dancing naked on the tombstones in Return of the Living Dead. P- punk rock is shit. Like so punk rock. It is such a fucking great movie. It is amazing. Like I don't think you've ever ever seen it. No, have I haven't. You need to see that movie. I'm pretty it's sure so when we were hilarious. watching those clips earlier that 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 butt scene was from Return of the Living Dead. Maybe it might have been. Because I saw butt a butt scene. scene. I don't know. She was just like stumbling towards a house, and it was just her backside. Oh, probably. And then well, like gets, some other. She gets taken over. So eventually, she's the, the, all these punk rockers are in the graveyard and they're dancing, they're partying and drinking and shit. She just decides to take off all of her clothes. And, and as you do in a as punk you do, rock uh, graveyard, when you're, when you're punkers, when you're punkers hanging out in, in a graveyard, um, and she just dances like like buck naked, like one of the first probably full frontal nudity scenes I ever saw when I was growing up. Oh, um, and impressionable! Truth. I love Lanaya Quigley too. She's going to be at the uh, at that at horror the, con, con. the horror con as well, the Sacramento. Uh, oh, we got to go to that. Yeah, that's your birthday present. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, and she's also the chick in. Um, were we watching Silent Night, Deadly Night? Oh, that gets yeah. put up on. That was a good one. That gets thrown up onto the uh, antlers. The the, the yes. antlers. Yeah, same same uh, same actress. Oh, okay. She's she's amazing. She's a she's a scream queen for sure. She's awesome. Um, so that is an and and there's tons of great graveyard scenes in that in that movie too. So that is a really good one for sure um, to check out. Um, but one of my favorites and and actually you're asking what my top like ten movies? Yeah. Weirdly enough, and I I really want. If you're listening and you agree with me, please let me know because I've always felt a little, little insignificant, insecure about this insecure. one. Insecure, insignificant, <laughs> insecure about my my love of Wes Craven's New Nightmare because I I don't feel like it gets the credit it deserves. It is such a good nightmare. Sequ- it's not even a sequel. It's a it's a it's like a total meta, you know. Heather Langenkamp is playing herself. Wes Craven's playing himself. You know, Robert England's playing himself. And then the whole Freddy thing comes into their real lives is the whole basis of the movie. I freaking love that movie. But it has a great graveyard scene, too, 
where Heather Langenkamp is like mourning her husband who got killed by Freddie. Um, and then an earthquake happens at the funeral and she falls and she stumbles and she knocks, oh, her, yeah, she knocks her head open. And then her son Dylan, by the way, her son Dylan is played by Michael Hughes, um, who is going to be in our feature presentation as well when he was much younger. Well, at least a few years younger. Um, and he's also the boys have a penis, girls have a vagina kid. <gasps> From Kindergarten Cop? From Kindergarten Cop. Oh. Yeah. Boys have a penis and girls, girls have, have a, a vagina. Oh, um, kindergarten kids yeah. are so cute. Yeah, that kid is like, that kid's my hero. He didn't have to do any other movies after those, like those three. And he's, he's a stud. Um, but he gets, he falls into his father's casket and then Freddie grabs him Ugh. and like pulls him down into the ground and she, Heather Legenkamp dies in and to save him and her but husband. But then the body's right there. Yeah. And then her, their husband's corpse comes to life and starts talking to her. Nope. And like tells him to join her, join him or something like that. Like that's a fucking great oh, scene. Oh, no. Great scene. Mm-mm. Great cemetery scene. Great funeral scene. But again, it's not the whole movie. What about the cemetery scene? Just in, a great scene. In The Exorcist. The Exorcist? What cemetery scene in The Exorcist? I don't know. Where all of the dead bodies of the grave underneath the... Or no, not The Exorcist. Sorry, Poltergeist. Poltergeist? Man, you are so bad at the horror movies. I know. Movies. I'm so bad. Poltergeist is a great one, too. That's a really good one, actually. Yeah, because you're talking about Indian they're burial grounds. They're on the very Indian burial ground. Yeah. And the rain brings in the pool, all they're the, building graves the pool, up. The graves, so the, that the bodies is come up. the graves. Yeah, that's a really good one, too. See? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I thought about that one, too. I thought about Poltergeist being a... Being a you know, being a good one, but ultimately, and there's some other good ones too. Cemetery Man's a good one. Totally weird ass movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, Grave Dancers is another one that's that's kind of a little bit more low. Uh, it's 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 a little bit cheesy in parts, but it has it's a pretty cool movie too, and it's it's all centered around a graveyard as well. Creep Show is another one that has a great. Uh, you know, it's an anthology, but one of the segments has a really a couple of cool really. Uh, good graveyard scenes as well um but i couldn't pick any of those because they didn't they weren't they didn't like they didn't center around graveyards the way that i wanted them to so my main honorable mention today those are my best scenes cemetery scenes but my main honorable mention honorable mention for today is the 1979 don coscarelli classic phantasm phantasm the delusion of a disordered mind, a phantom, a spirit, a ghost. For nearly four decades, it has been contained, but evil always has a way of breaking free. Tommy's gone. It's hard to believe. It was a good idea not to let your little brother come to the funeral. Hey, I don't like this place. Something weird is going on out there. The funeral is about to begin, sir. What's wrong with you? There's something up there. I saw it. You got some kind of an overactive imagination or something? I know you're not going to believe this, but these things were here. Give me a break. Gotta do is lay that sucker out flat and drive a stake right through his goddamn heart. 
run that tall bastard straight down to hell. You play a good game, boy. But the game is finished. Now you die. Phantasm. No fear. And really, you could talk about the whole franchise, right? I mean, you could talk about the whole Phantasm franchise. Or you could let Joe Bob tell you all about it. Or you could let Joe Bob tell you all about it. Damn it, was that a great... That was a Available great Available on Shudder. Yeah, Shudder... So good. At Christmas, instead of doing Christmas movies... I thought it was Thanksgiving. No, that was Christmas. Oh, that was Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Joe Bob did a Phantasm Christmas, because he said those were the best uh, the best Christmas uh, <laughs> the best Christmas movies he Nothing could do. Nothing will put you in the spirit like, uh, you know, death hunting you down in a cemetery. Oh, dude. Yeah, he was... He was he defended... He defended very strongly that Phantasm... Phantasm the Phantasm franchise was, uh, was the best... Christmas uh, marathon. That I demand do. more proof, Joe Bob. If you don't have Shutter, get Shutter just for the Joe Bob marathons because they're they're fantastic. And he breaks this whole series down, except for number two, because there's a whole bunch of weird rights to Phantasm Two. Um, but he says the reason is uh, that he didn't cover Phantasm Two was because they they destroyed the 1970. Three Cuda Barracuda, like it destroyed it. He was very sad. Oh. Or 1971 Barracuda. I can't remember what it was. Oh, they what, what killed the year her. Was. <laughs> he was really, he was very upset, and uh, and believed that was. You can was, see thousands of peoples die, but one Barracuda. One car, one beautiful, beautiful classic car. Um, but if you haven't seen Phantasm, you should because it's a classic. I mean, it's it's probably one of the. One of the I, I consider it one of the best horror franchises of all time for sure. And it's Don Coscarelli Don Coscarelli is is the like the fucking coolest director ever. Um, Bubba Hotep. Which yeah. We oh God, that's my favorite. Yeah, Chris actually loves I Bubba love Hotep. I love Bubba Hotep. Not just because Bruce Campbell's in it as Elvis. And because Bruce Campbell's in it. But which I also so love the premise of Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Yeah. You got. You got old Elvis in a nursing home with uh, with with it's old like you had me with there. old black JFK. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great movie. I remember the first time I saw that one. I was I I, I was like, who the hell is this Don Coscarelli guy? And that's how I found Phantasm. Actually, it was after I watched that one. He's got some weird ideas, man. I love it. I like it. So good. So if you haven't watched Phantasm, here's a quick synopsis. Uh, Mike, a young teenage boy who has just lost his parents, afraid to lose his brother, follow him afraid of losing his brother follows him to a funeral where Mike witnesses the tall man lifting a coffin on his own. Mike decides to investigate and discovers that the tall man protected by his flying spheres is shrinking dead bodies down to half their normal size and reanimating them as slaves. It is then up to Mike, his brother and Reggie, the ice cream man to stop the tall man, (laughs) which is, just the craziest freaking storyline ever. I feel like if you're in a weed legal state, that's you need well, to watch and it. And Joe Bob makes that very clear too. Like like there's the Colorado states and the Texas states. Yes. And the Colorado states need to smoke a lot of weed before they watch Phantasm, and the Texas states just need to drink a lot of tequila and whiskey before they. Yeah, that's a great. Know, or point. or while they're watching. Um, it's, that's such a weird concept, and I truly still couldn't like I just couldn't grasp it really. Even as you were retelling it, I'm like, I just don't understand how they put that together into a movie, but somehow they made it into a movie. I mean, the opening scene, 
Weird. You know, like I honestly, the whole franchise is is such is perfect for cemetery for the whole cemetery theme, um, because you've got like you've got mausoleums, you've got this Morningside Cemetery where right in the very first scene we got some sweet sweet graveyard sex going down, um, which turns deadly. That's how that this 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 uh, the, you know the opening murder happens, and then. You know, during the funeral, we got the older brother, Jody, and he's wandering through this creepy-ass mausoleum. Oh. Like, the mausoleum's so good. I, I believe the mausoleum is in Long Beach. Oh, when all the bodies grab him out of the mausoleum, like, one that opens up and they all grab him out of it. Oh, oh that was Mike. Ugh. That was Mike, and that's later. That's later. But the beginning, like, my, like Jody's cruising around the mausoleum, and it's just a super creepy place. And then his brother... You know, his brother Mike's outside in the graveyard, and they both start seeing weird shit, and he sees these little munchkin and the score dudes running around. does not make it any better. Oh, it's great. Oh, like, the score's the so score good. score just intensifies things. Ugh. So then Mike's, and Mike's, you know, Mike's sensing something's weird. So, so Mike, the little brother, like, goes back to the graveyard, and he gets out some binoculars, and he's watching, and he sees this, this mortician, the tall man, who, who ends up being called the tall man, Played by the incredible actor Angus Grimm, who is just a a, a freaking treasure, and he passed away a couple years ago. But um, and he sees Angus Grimm pick up the casket that weighs like you know a ton, and just throw it in the back of his of his hearse instead of leaving it in the ground. And Mike's like, "What the fuck just happened? Like, I just saw this dude just Hulk out and lift this coffin and throw it in the back of the hearse, like." Is he, like, superhuman? Like, what the hell? And goes back and tells his brother. Brother doesn't believe him. Um, and then, you know, craziness ensues. Like, the rest of the, the time, like, they're, they're fighting against this tall man who's, who's, you know, basically this time traveler dude who is creating these this slave race of dwarves zombie dwarves out of these graves, you know. And in the future, in the, in the, in the, in the sequels, like... He's going through and clearing whole graveyards out to create these little dwarves, and which is just a so really much... creepy idea. Oh, yeah. that some some minion is just using these bodies. Yeah, it's great. The Phantasm series, like I honestly, like watch Joe Bob break it down because he does a great job. I couldn't even touch the surface of it. All you need to know is there's a lot of creepy cemetery shit and a lot of uh, crazy like mausoleums and weird spheres going into brains and yeah if you've got uh, a fear of cemeteries these are not the movies for you yeah phantasm Uh, definitely centers around if they are the movies for you go get shutter yeah get some shutter like we're not being paid by shutter but i really do like shutter it is a great service you're on it all the time i am because they have great stuff they curate their their horror movies and they have some cool shit man so if you're not on it you should be on it because it's cheap too it's like five bucks a month it's like nothing um, so Phantasm guys, check it out. Um, check out Joe Bob's marathon where he breaks down, he breaks down Phantasm, Phantasm 3, Phantasm 4, and, and even the last one, Ravager, which is, uh, which is a newer, a newer sequel that is, it's, uh, it's, it's apocalyptic and, and crazy. Um, so that's our honorable mention is Phantasm. So check out the Phantasm series, uh, but let's get uh, we're we're in a time crunch here. We're 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 rambling a lot today. So let's get into our uh, our feature presentation. And 
now our feature presentation. What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan with cat. Daddy, church all right. Why, Judge? I'm I dreamed he got hit by a car and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judge? What we did, Lois, was a secret. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You are thinking thoughts best not thought of. So our feature presentation is uh, is Pet Cemetery, which a classic. It is a classic that we had never seen. That, that that I have to confess, I had never seen the original before. Yeah, and we are totally one hundred percent milking the fact that Pet Cemetery is really big right now, and and uh, the new one's and coming a out. Reboot. And the reboot's coming out soon, which the trailer looks awesome um, for the new one, but uh, we. But after I watched it, I was like, you know what? This one kind of deserves to be the feature presentation. It's a pretty badass... I mean, it's got cemetery in the title, even though it's spelled wrong. And I can never fucking spell cemetery right to begin with. <laughs> the entire research of all oh this, I gosh. couldn't... Oh my gosh. Did you do the same thing? Yep. I could not spell cemetery right. D-A-R-Y. I'm a, I'm a writer and an editor, and I spelled it with an A every fucking time. It was driving me nuts. It's supposed to be... It's E-R-Y, which... I spelled it A-R-Y every single time. Is there some sort of, like, can we petition that with a way with words and see if technically that's in... It should be spelled differently? Yeah, or? like maybe it, we get it from a specific region somewhere. I don't know, but don't it know. messed me up every time. And then Pet Screwed with me. And then Pet Cemetery has the balls, Stephen King. You have the balls to spell cemetery with, an, with two A's and an S and fuck me up even further... Um, which I did some research about that and I think it had something to do with that kids spelled it so they were spelling it wrong Mm -hmm. because kids were spelling it like phonetically which is probably the way that it should be spelled well it's the little kid that comes to life again yeah that's not the way he spells it no he's not no no that's wrong completely wrong wrong. like way wrong dang it (laughs) where did you even get that nothing I was just making it up (laughs) The pet cemetery they showed him in the they showed at the very beginning. They showed the whole pet I cemetery know. and it was already spelled out. I know. Way before that. That cemetery was old, the pet cemetery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you crack me up when you just like make up like you just make up like your own storyline. Yeah, why not? You're like, I watched it, but I only didn't really watch it. I didn't really watch it. I watched it, but I didn't really She watches watch like it. every one of these movies like so half assed. No. Yes, no. you half-assed your horror movies. I did not the trauma movie or the Oz movie. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. Those two, those two, you watched, you watched more intently. But we did watch Pet Cemetery, and you just completely blew, yeah. completely blew it. I was not in the mood for horror. 
So Pet Cemetery, guys, if you haven't seen it, like us, which I cannot believe that I've gone my whole life. I'm a big Stephen King fan, too, and, and I even read the book, but I had never seen the movie. Um, and the movie was, was really good. The original was great. I, I could see it being, especially if you grew up in that time. Like, if you grew up, it came out in 89, so it's a really good, you know, kinder, kinder trauma type, you know, type movie for kids that are probably our age your age yeah my perfectly age. you know like five it'd be about four five six years old when it came out if you happen to see it you know when you were you know in in your younger years it would be a really good uh i thought there was going to be a lot more scary zombie deal. animals though yeah you know it's funny i think i had always had the thought in my head that there was a lot more like zombie pets and really it was just the cat just the cat in the first one um so let me give you a quick rundown so dr lewis creed uh, moves his family to Maine, where he meets a friendly local named Judd Crandall, played by Fred Gwynn, who is Herman Munster. Uh, after the Creed's cat is accidentally killed, Crandall advises Lewis to bury it in the ground near the old pet cemetery. The cat returns to life, and its personality changed for the worse. When Lewis's son Gage, played by Miko Hughes, uh, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina, but when he was little, little, like, I don't know, how old could he be? Two, maybe? Two and a half? Maybe two and a half. He was three. little. I don't know. Yeah. Um, then he dies tragically, and Lewis decides to bury the boy's body in the same ground. Because you know that's a good idea. Despite the warnings of Crandall and Lewis's visions of a deceased patient. So, first of all, I gotta say, I love Fred Gwynn, and I love the fact that he's Fred, you know, that he's, uh, that he's Herman Munster. Uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful guy, but in this movie, he is a bumbling idiot. Like, Judd Crandall is not very smart. Um, you might know him better as Herman Munster. Uh, tall, big old, you know, good old if boy If you close dude. your eyes, you know who he is because of his voice. Uh, in this movie, he's really good at scaring the shit uh, out of little children, first of all. Look, Lizzie Ellen, come over here just a minute. That's where I buried my dog Spot. When he died of old age, 1924. Ellie, do you know what a graveyard really is? Well, I guess not. It's a place where the dead speak. <gasps> no, <laughs> not right out loud. Their stones speak, or their markers. This ain't a scary place, Ellie. It's a place of rest. I'm speaking. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. So he's like, let me walk you to this creepy graveyard and then uh, tell your daughter about how the graves are talking and uh, the dead people are talking or, or whatever. Um, Just gotta respect the dead. Not cool, Herman Munster. Like, not cool. Freaking the shit out of this little girl. You know, that doesn't seem very cool. Um, but then he's not done yet. You know, then they're like the daughter's like, like, like sacred little cat that she loves so much dies. Churchill. And so Church. Churchill. Church was his name. Oh, was it Church? Yeah, Winston Churchill. And they Churchill. call him Church for short, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Churchill. Um, so so we're not going to just bury it in the pet cemetery that they had showed down the street, right? The, the creepy ass pet cemetery. No, we're going to take it up to the Indian burial ground so judd convinces the dad to take the cat to the place that he knows is like all fucked up where people come back to life 
Not quite themselves. Because he grew up in this place and knows that this is a bad idea. What like, if he's in on it? What if... What Like, come on, Judd. Get your shit together, bud. And, you know, he knows it's going to come back to life. And sure enough, it does. And it's all wonky and zombified. You know, we got the zombified cat. Um, so, you know, damn it, Herman Munster. Stop fucking up, bud. Like, not cool, you know? Um, Don't teach people to do that. So then, after Zombie Cat comes back, you know, everything seems to be cool and everything's good, except Dad's having some, like, you know, crazy shit happening at work with, like, bodies coming back to life and talking to him. So something's already a little strange. And then we get their little kid, Gage. Oh. Uh... Is flying a kite and everybody's having fun outside. That scene was brutal. And the shoe. And he he runs out into drops the his drops his kite, so his kite's running away, and he's chasing after it, and he gets fucking plowed over blammo by a semi truck, which Herman Munster told him like like cats and dogs and. Animals get run over by these by trucks all the time. It's a busy road. Okay, am I the only one that has watched this movie and thought maybe build a fucking fence? I don't know. Maybe build a fence so your kid doesn't run into the street, so that you don't lose your animals. Like I'm like smacking my head here, going just just a fence would have prevented this. It wasn't the part about like the animals coming back to life that you were like. How does this happen? It was the fact that they no, didn't build a it fence. Was, it was the fact that these, these parents are just <laughs> fucking stupid. Like They didn't build a fence. Build a damn fence. Like, that'd be my, my first job. Like, I moved into this house, and I know, like, that it's a busy street right out there, and people are prone to get hit, and animals are prone. To, build a fucking fence. Like, it doesn't take that much effort. You know, build just, a fence. Just build it. Also, don't bury your child in the ancient burial ground. So, that's what happens next. They're very distraught about their fa- their, their their child being plowed blammo by the... I, which totally understand understandable i get it that was a brutal scene very sad it was actually was a pretty off, brutal scene made me very sad see i watched bloody shoe it was awful yeah bloody shoe and and we know he just got he just got smacked man you um, just got smacked <laughs> across the face my son <laughs> my friend <laughs> so dad's distraught Right, mom and dad are, are are distraught. They're not very they're, they're they're not happy. So so dad decides that he's gonna go bury the son in the Indian burial ground to bring him back to life. But but he's not gonna let anybody know. He's just gonna nope. test it out. And if he comes back all wonky, he's he'll kill him again. Yeah, because that'll happen. That's his idea. That'll happen. And what does he get? Zombie child. Zombie baby. Right. Zombie toddler, which is like ten times worse. Than regular toddler, and that's already a, bad. And it, it's a fucking scary little zombie baby too. Like it's a you pretty know creepy. You know your scariest part. Pretty creepy. Oh, so so then zombie comes back, creepy zombie kid, and he finds dad's medical bag and <gasps> and grabs a scalpel. That. <gasps> and goes over to good old dumbass Judd's house, and do you want to tell everybody what he was doing right there? Dumbass Judd, he was like. Like Popeye style, swinging his arms back and forth, like yo ho. She was laughing at me because I was doing, I was doing arm. I was, I, I do a lot of, uh, I talk with my hands yeah. a lot. Even though it's a podcast <laughs> and no one can see you but me. So he goes over to Herman Munster's house, and 
and decides to play hide and seek with Herman Munster. Because, you know. Zombie baby. Creepy zombie baby. That's what they do. Yeah. And uh, and hides under the bed and slices Judd's Achilles in half, which oh, is my so fucking worst nightmare. Like, if you're I, over age 30, you need to make sure you stretch your we Achilles talked about before this. any sort of athletic activity. Didn't we already talk about this? Because snapping your Achilles is very easy. Where what was the other episode we talked about? I don't know, but it's you still, gave that same warning. It once needs before. a reminder. I, I care about you. I love you all. Stretch your Achilles tendon. That would not make any difference if a, a zombie baby decides to Maybe slice into it with a scalpel. Run away faster. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that I don't know that Herman Munster did Maybe not see it coming. Maybe you could have kicked the zombie baby in the face across the room. Yeah, um, I do not like. I don't like that at all. I was with not your a fan. zombie kicking legs. Oof. So yeah, he cuts Herman Munster, and then right. he ends up killing him and ripping his face off oh. and all yeah, kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, all that's shit. fine. But and then mom comes home from like a business trip or something, and uh, and because she has these visions and she knows she needs to get back home, and she runs into Zombie Baby, and Zombie Baby kills her. Oh man! And then dad realizes that Zombie Baby is Zombie Baby. Oh, finds old realization. Finds dead Herman Munster, uh-uh. and dead mom. Well, Uh-oh. assumes assumes mom's dead. Or no, finds dead mom, I guess. And then does the same fucking thing with mom. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know, I think at that point he was just like, fuck it. Like, that was his suicide. Was well, like yeah. Was like, I'm just going to go bury mom. I know. And then when mom comes back in her oozing eyeball. He's fraught with grief and he just wants his family back. But, at, I mean, you're not actually getting them back, are you? No, no, no. And Looney Tunes' dad uh, makes out with mom at the end, right? And her eyeball's all oozing. Yeah. Like missing oh, an eyeball. It's all gosh. oozing out her socket. Oh, eyeball stuff is pretty bad. So big old Stephen King, what the fuck, as yeah. usual. I'm glad I watched this movie finally. It's one of those that I've always Caleb wanted to. Caleb fuck. <laughs> Caleb fuck. Always, always felt a little in, a little bit of uh, of a missing piece in my life that I hadn't seen Pet Cemetery all the way through. Honestly, I thought I had seen it. Well, now a piece of your soul is fulfilled and you can die happy. It's back. And we can put you in a cemetery. A pet cemetery. cemetery. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great soundtrack. Ramones are all over it, man. Oh, yeah. Was it, I don't want to be buried in, in a, a pet, pet cemetery. cemetery. So good. Alexa, play Pet Cemetery. Oh, uh, Alexa's not plugged in. Oh, never mind. <laughs> now you just turned everybody else's yes! Alexa on. Never mind. And ours For everyone play. else. So you guys are listening to Pet Cemetery now. I'll end it. I'll, I'll end the episode with, with, uh, with Ramon's Pet Cemetery. Perfect. Um, with no copyright violations whatsoever. Um... <laughs> So the new one's coming out. The yeah. new Pet Cemetery when is, that coming, is out? coming out. Uh, I want to say it's coming out in April. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and it looks pretty. Be- it looks good so far. John Lithgow plays uh, plays you know Judd. I love uh, the him. Herman Munster role. The Trinity um, Killer. In yeah, Dexter. John Lithgow's played some cool roles. We've already talked about him once in our in our Aerophobia episode, yeah. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, I love John Lithgow. He's that guy's awesome, man. Um, and Third Rock from the Sun too. Great, not horror. Great show. Not not horror. Alien. Still pretty badass. Um, so that's my movie. I like it. That was our movies. I mean, Pet Cemetery was was pretty good. Yeah. Fantastic. Some more Stephen King fucked up Weird shit, man. Trip. That guy does that guy just has a really messed up brain. Yeah, but you I follow like him on Twitter too. a lot. He's 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 
he's hilarious. There's he's, a fine a line between dude. genius and madness. It's no doubt about it. Um, that was a that was a clunky episode. Did you feel clunky? I felt a little clunky getting back. Yeah. I just didn't feel as smooth. I as I think we, we should uh, edit heavily. No, I don't know about that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how long how long this uh, episode took. It seems like a kind of a long one. Um, but that was our special episode. Yeah. What do we have next week? I think we're going to dive into um, agoraphobia. Agoraphobia right? is the next agoraphobia one. Agoraphobia, yeah. which next my week. mom suffers from, my yeah. aunt suffers from, my grandmother suffered from. Lots so. of family history. Yeah. We can yeah. talk about why that is genetically. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I have a little piece of that too. Who I don't knows? know. Do you? Maybe. <gasps> Let's find out. I don't know. Next week. We're going to find out next time. Next week. Next time. Next time. Next episode. Next week. Next Summer Ball Fear episode. Next time we see you. And and what should people do? They should listen to the Summer Ball Fear podcast. And then what? You should stay afraid. Stay very afraid. <laughs>